The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, the coronavirus continues to make an impact on our justice system, including the dating app murder trial. We'll update you on the latest in the case of Florida versus Andre Warner and another high-profile murder trial, California versus Robert Durst. And should high-risk individuals who are incarcerated be released to avoid exposure? This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan and Seema Iyer. Welcome to another edition of Court TV's COVID-19 podcast, hosted by Vinnie Politan and me, Seema Iyer. Hey, Smiley. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. We are in separate locations, but we can see each other, which is nice. Um, Do we want to call this the (laughs) COVID-19 podcast? It's not. I just... I just keep calling it that because uh, because of the situation that's happening. So why don't we update the listeners? Uh, how have you handled the last week? How's your family? How's everybody doing? Everybody's doing uh, doing really well, and you know we're basically hunkered down, isolated from everyone, uh, even from each other. Not you know even though we're a family and there's uh, four of us living here, we're kind of living together separately. Uh, which, you know, is part of it. And I think if we all do our part, hopefully we can slow this all down. But it's, it's different. It's, it's strange. Sure. Uh, but it's kind of weird getting used to it. And I don't it know is. if I can ever, I don't know if I can ever not wear sweatpants. I know that's what I'm wearing now. I have like a jazzy top because we're going to do our uh, Facebook thing later. But yeah, no, I'm wearing sweatpants. It's great. Uh, how's your working out been? Have you still been running outside? I think it's oh, yeah. saving me. Absolutely. Saving me. I, I call it social distance running. I'm not a yeah. distance runner. I'm a social distance runner. So <laughs> I'll go outside and stay away from people. And if they start coming near me, I run faster. So it's actually a good workout. Um, yeah. So, I think, uh, I, and I have to, I have to share this tip with everybody. So yeah, the, the running thing has really helped me a lot too. It's amazing. So I, I'm really desperate for my dumbbells to arrive because you know now we don't have the gym and I my complex gym is closed. So I need some real dumbbells. So well, I'm still waiting for them to arrive. Amazon, I'm sure, is very backed up. So I added to my repertoire overhead presses with my coffee table. There you go. Nice. Yeah. I'm nice. telling you, I'm, I'm going to get jacked, Vinny. I'm gonna get by the jacked. way, I've sold memberships to my gym to the other family members here. They have to pay a membership fee to come in. But we already had something here, so we're, we're doing well. And using Love a lot of resistance bands. Uh, by the way, um, we're going to be back live on Court TV. We're, we're not just a podcast. We're also on television on a national yes! network called yes! Court TV. And, and we're back on, and we're, we're uh, every night from 8 to 11 p.m., we are live bringing you those big stories from the world of justice, which are still happening, Seema. They absolutely are still happening. As a matter of fact, one of the things we're talking about, let's get yeah. right to it, where yes. we've, we've got another victim of the coronavirus in our system of justice, and it was the jury in the Andre Warner case, the jury that found him guilty of executing Adam Hilaire was supposed to, at some point, sit in judgment and decide life or death for Andre Warner, but they have been dismissed now, uh, so they are off the case. 
Yeah, but who didn't see this coming? We were calling it every day we came back to work and wondering, is this trial really going to go on? And every day it kept going on. And what we thought was there was no way it was going to get to the point where this same jury would be able to decide uh, the penalty. I think the the judge was very optimistic and was just hoping and, and hoping that, hey, okay, this thing will clear up. Um, but I think the, the writing's on the wall. Things are getting... Uh, worse before they get better, and you can't just leave a jury lingering like that. It, you know, there's too much, too many other things going on in the world right now. Not fair to the jury, and I will say not fair to the criminal defendant, uh, but the prosecutors apparently, I think, still wanted this jury to hang on because they liked the jury because this jury found uh, Andre Warner guilty. Yeah, yeah, and you've seen this before, right, where a new jury has to do the penalty? Yeah, in the Jody Arias case, there was oh, a that's sec- right. that's there was right. a second uh, there was I a retrial. Should know that, considering yes. I'm talking about that on your primetime show tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for there reminding a, me. There was a retrial because the first jury was hung um and and they came back for a retrial just in the penalty phase. It also happens in 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 cases where um the appellate courts say, "You know what? The judge or someone made a mistake during the penalty phase of the case, and then right. they retried just the penalty phase. So you have to bring in 12 new jurors who know nothing about the case to figure out whether or not someone lives or dies. Okay, so here's my question. Is there a mechanism that allows this new jury to just read the transcripts of the trial so they don't have to go through the whole presentation of evidence again? No, they've got to go through, uh, you know, somewhat of a presentation of evidence. And I've seen it done different different ways. Um, so sometimes you can enter some of the some of the uh, um, evidence in some of the prior testimony you can enter into evidence. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this judge does it or how the prosecutors do it, because prosecutors probably want real people testifying to get the real flavor for what happened here. Uh, so it'll be interesting. The other big choice here is the defendant. He testified yeah. in front of the first jury. They didn't believe him. So. Does he roll the dice again at, with a second jury to try to um, humanize himself? I hope his lawyer, Bob Norgard, who's a great lawyer and who I really believe must have tried to say to him, don't do it, not going to do it, not going to testify, not again. You're, you're hoping for that? I will. Listen, for my entertainment, I wanted to testify again. But, but how about for, for justice? justice? How about for, for justice? Don't you care about justice? Don't you even care about justice? Well, my entertainment it precedes justice. But for justice's sake, I think that Andre Warner should not testify again because I think he has got, he really has one of the best lawyers in the state of Florida. So let him do his job. He he will he will win over this new jury. So you see justice as life in prison is what I'm taking from this. What I see is justice. I know it's hard for. Go ahead. I, I'm not saying what I want is the jury to understand who this man is, and I think if he gets up on the stand, they get a much better flavor for that. But I could understand why uh, <laughs> a defense attorney like Norgard wouldn't want him up there because I think when he reveals himself, he is not a nice great person he is there's right. something okay. wrong with him right and as a defense attorney yes you're correct i agree with that but for me personally as someone who was a prosecutor was a defense attorney uh i do believe in the death penalty and i think this is an appropriate case for the death penalty because of the the 
absolutely vile manner by which Andre Warner and his co-defendant, alleged co-defendant Gary Gray, uh, killed victim Adam Hilaire. He was on his knees, this 27-year-old single dad, begging for his life, invoking his five-year-old daughter. They stole that little gold bracelet that's a daddy's little girl. I mean, this was disgusting, and he deserves the death penalty. And they laughed about it afterwards on the ride home. That was the other part. They of laughed this. about it, right. And, they, and they, they, I think they wanted to slit his throat, but the knife was too dull. I mean, the, the, the facts get worse and worse and worse. So we'll see how that plays out eventually when the penalty phase occurs. But up next, there's another one of our favorite defendants who's hanging on by a string or at least trying to find out what happens with his delay. And that is the jinx. Robert Durst. We're going to talk about his trial after this. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. Another defendant whose trial has been delayed midstream is Robert the Jinx Durst. Vinny, I am sure that you're not surprised about this, considering the state of California right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was uh, here's the thing. I mean, they've waited 20 years. We can wait another month and a half. Can we really? Have you seen the guy? Vinny. He's 76. He weighs 67 pounds. I don't know if he'll make another month. And coronavirus is, or jails are a hotbed for coronavirus. Yeah, well, I think that's the biggest question out there is is how will he do and how will all the members of the jury do? Hopefully all of them remain healthy and yeah, there are no good. complications. And, and uh, I don't think we have necessarily a handle on all this, how it's all going to go down eventually, what the numbers will be. Uh, but hopefully um, as many people as possible are, are, are safe. And especially when you, when you talk about a, a case like this, the jurors, number one, the witnesses, the, the lawyers, the judge, all the courtroom personnel, and then ultimately the defendant as well, uh, all hopefully can remain healthy so they can get back on track here. But I understand you've got it. You have to take the time out. There's no way around it because yeah, you cannot right. violate every everything that every doctor sure, is saying. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, this is not uh, just about the courts. It's not about California. It's not about the United States. It's a global pandemic, and we are all under a state of emergency like we've never experienced before. The trial... I believe it was suspended maybe the second week of March, and it was set to continue on April 6th. And now it will not continue until May 26th. Yeah, uh, but if any, if any trial was ever set up for this, it's this jury, right? This is a jury that was ready to go, what, five months with this thing? So yeah. um, they've got nothing but time. And I think uh, that's going to work out well, hopefully. But, but we okay. don't know. Well, I, I want to throw something else out there, which I am concerned about, is that some of the members of this jury are or maybe on the front lines right now. There is a 
pathologist and of course this is a doctor uh someone who would not be in an er but as we know in in today's world a lot of doctors in retirement they're coming out of retirement to help out uh doctors in different specialties so let's say you have uh, you know my friend's a pulmonary guy but he's helping out in the er so you have a lot of different doctors just because they do have that training who are helping out. So a member of the jury, like this pathologist, she may be helping out. Another member of the jury is a pharmacist. And we, and we've heard these pharmacists are, they're working what, like 22 hour days now. Yeah. Doing, doing amazing work and going to work. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like we are home right now and and we are isolated. They are going to work because they, they are, what you would call the essential people to keep society working and keeping the rest of the population healthy. And um, it's amazing. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they're on the front lines, and and that is a huge risk. And it's going to take a toll on them as well. Yes, How are they going to feel at the the back end of this? Are they going to be ready to sit there and and listen to what's going on here? Think think about the the emotional and psychological toll that people are going through they just may not be able be in the mind state to sit through a trial yeah you know, and you know we've and we've all spoken with with jurors after murder trials and we know how taxing it can be on jurors the experience itself here you're talking about a long trial how taxing that can be but coming off of being on the front lines of this and then going and sitting on a on a trial involving the alleged killing of or murder of three different people over the course of months, I, I I don't know if they could do it, but maybe maybe they can. Maybe for them it'll be a good diversion to get their mind off of it. But I I don't know how you do it. Do you think there's any way right now both sides are trying to talk plea? What what is the plea deal? This is the only plea deal I can think of for this case is he has to come into court. Yeah. Admit killing all three. Yeah. Okay. Admit it. Then be sentenced to, and I don't think prosecutors would go for it necessarily, but be sentenced to life at home. Life at home. He cannot leave his home. Why can why what why not put him in prison? That, that plea is not going to work. Who's why would he take that? Why would he take that plea? I'm trying to I'm trying to think of something that's potentially realistic. Oh, that he would. Oh, oh okay. So you think that there's no way he's going to take anything that involves prison time? No, no, because whatever the prison sentence is, it's for the rest of his life. So the only thing that yes. he may take would be okay. I'm not in jail, but I'm in my house. Okay. Yeah. Now, the only thing that prosecutors might take, and I think it would be a more difficult sell for them, would be, okay, he admits everything that he did, and he cannot leave his home. He is is under that monitoring, and they have to be some sort of restriction of who can visit him, and he has to check in on Zoom. He's got to check (laughs) in on Zoom every day. That's part of the penalty he has to pay. That is a penalty because I am Zoomed out, okay, Vinny? We've only been doing the Zoom stuff for, what has it been, two weeks? Between our, like, morning meeting, Zoom, our, hey, want to pitch stories? Zoom. Hey, what's going on in the in the segment tonight? Zoom. Um, what'd you have for lunch? Well, we'll talk about it over Zoom. Yeah. I'm, I'm Zoomed out. I can't do this anymore. I, I'm, 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 I was prepared I for this. I was prepared for this because I would torture all my friends and family with FaceTime calls. 
My first call to them was always a FaceTime. Wait, it's, can you wait? <laughs> always, I always my my, my kids, my wife, my friends I grew up with, my brother. Why in do the you middle think people day, want to look at your FaceTime face? Them. Why? Why? Why do you do I that? Want, I'm a people person. I like to see people. Well, do you? Do, okay. Well, you and torture me, them a little bit. You called bit. me the other day, Facetime, and yeah, I, yeah, I didn't I, like I, that. I'm a, so I was prepared for this new world that like we're that. in. I was prepared. Okay. Uh, so so let's talk about this new world we're in. It, it's the coronavirus, and sure. now you have this new phenomenon that is popping up in the celebrity world, which is all these incarcerated celebrities. Now want to use <laughs> COVID-19 as a way to get out. We'll talk about that when we come back. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. So don't put it past any celebrity criminal defendant to let the COVID go by without figuring out a way to use it. And we are seeing this uh, amongst many celebrities saying, hey, uh, this COVID-19 is a good reason why I should no longer be behind bars. And it's a fascinating issue, a fascinating subject. And I think there's a real discussion around it. I'm not saying that you get released because you are a celebrity, but I think this has uh, opened the door to the discussion. And I think the ones that we're reading about, obviously, are the high-profile criminal defendants. Yeah. Um, can we begin with uh, Bill Cosby? Sure. Let's begin with him. <laughs> 82 years old, yeah. serving, serving 10 years, is blind, apparently, and is incarcerated in a place where one of the corrections officers tested positive, and he has a lot of interaction with these corrections officers who have to go out into the community and then return, and who knows, one day they could carry the, the COVID with them, and, and Bill Cosby could get sick. Exactly. So here's, here's the issue with the celebrity factor, is that they have the money to pay lawyers to investigate and make these motions for their release, right? Otherwise, if you are a convicted uh, felon, you're in prison, you aren't going to be able to get a lawyer to do this for you. You have to do it pro se, right? Because the only way that you get a lawyer is for an appeal. There's, you just don't automatically get a lawyer, right? So like if I am someone who cannot afford a lawyer, I am in prison and I say, Hey, I want to be released. I'm towards the end of my sentence or in jail towards the end of my sentence, coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. No lawyer can do that because it's not part of your right to counsel to try to get this type of release. Whereas with these, these celebrities, they can, they can afford it. Now, what they really need to show, though, I think, this is my opinion, Vinny, is that there is some connection between their frail health that makes them more susceptible to getting coronavirus and therefore spreading coronavirus. So you want to be able to show that you are a danger to other prisoners. Why are you smiling? Well, uh, I, I was I was thinking about my favorite uh, rapping artist. I believe he goes by the name Takashi Six. That's your favorite. That's your favorite. Yeah. Okay. I think I don't know if that's exactly how you say the name, but he has asthma. I thought Ice Cube was your favorite, considering he was on like Law and Order. 
I thought you would connect <laughs> with Ice Cube more. That's not, that's not Ice Cube, Seema. That is Ice T. Oh, that's Ice T. Oh, I liked Ice Cube. Ice okay. Cube okay. is is the one who used to be with the group that had the attitude. Oh, NWA. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, I love. Ice I just want to put out there that I love LL Cool J. He is so hot. He is so smoking him. hot. How I hot is he? And he's like your age. Seema Iyer, picture this: Studio Fifty Four. <gasps> Tell me. 1987. Really? Really? LL Cool J oh. lowered from the Raptors with his Kangol and oh his my red gosh. Uh, sweatsuit. And then after the show, he's just hanging out. Hey, really? So, of course, so I just go up and start talking to him. And he was brilliant. Oh, he wow. Was, just like I mean, one DJ to another, is, just rapping. Yeah, but this DJ, is when he DJ. was like 19 years old. Oh, and, and you, you were a and DJ. You, Talk to him for five minutes. You knew success was down the road for this guy. He had the whole world, uh, you know, mapped out for him, and it all came true. But getting back to Takashi Six Nine with with asthma, only about four months left on his sentence was denied. And I am. Are you are you shocked? I am surprised about that because of the. That's a great point. That factor of how much is left in the sentence is it really uh, so. Uh, non-judicious to just let him out because you always have to balance. See, that's that's the that's the issue. You always have to balance public safety. So if you look at the punishment, just four more months, as opposed to the public safety, to the other prisoners, to the guards, etc., release him. All right. Well, let's talk about another recording artist you may be familiar with. Um, you know, people very close to him call him Robert. Yeah. But I still refer to him as R. Kelly. It's your guy. And the and the difference between R. Kelly and Bill Cosby and Takashi and Michael Avenatti and Michael Cohen is that Robert Kelly at this point is still presumed innocent. He hasn't been convicted of anything. And he is locked up. He's recently recovered from surgery. He's 53 years old. Um, what are your thoughts about R. Kelly? Is that someone in a pretrial phase that should get yeah. home confinement versus being in the general population in a jail? I would want some type of medical or scientific proof that he is more prone to getting coronavirus because of his uh, illness or, or what have you, and then therefore spreading it. And if he was allowed home confinement, obviously with an ankle bracelet and obviously without any of his lady friends, right? Because I think there's a girlfriend in here. I mean, he would have to be home confinement alone. 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 So so you want to control not only him not leaving, but others not entering. And, and of course. I, I think that'd be important. That'd I mean, be important. Yeah. Right. Except Uber Eats. Except Uber Eats. And right. Wait, what is Ted Rollins called R. Kelly? A virus spreader. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to me, I think that's a, that's a legitimate point to all of this is why he is in jail because of these interactions uh, with um, women. Yeah. And what would prevent him? And unfortunately, I, I think you could see women being attracted to the bad boy R. Kelly or the alleged bad boy R. Kelly. It's sad. I, I don't want to even get into that because it's really, really sad, the psychological condition of these women who think who think they're attracted to him. 
Do you think do you think he gets out though, R. Kelly? He's got a powerful attorney, Stephen Greenberg, you know, filing motions for him. He's he's got to get the approval of, of more than one judge for all yeah, of this. Yeah, that's the problem. I just don't think it's it's feasible because there's so many different jurisdictions involved. It's gonna keep getting passed around from judge to judge to judge. Uh to get him out. How about Harvey Weinstein? Okay, Harvey Weinstein is a sentenced prisoner, as we know now. Uh, there was, uh, there were reports that he had coronavirus. His team has still neither confirmed nor denied that, so we do not know if that is true. Uh, the, the, I got a, a message from his publicist, Judah Engelmeyer, who said that he does not meet the cr- criteria for release from prison in that you have to be either a non-violent offender and or have already served more than 50% of your sentence. So Harvey's staying put. He's staying put. He's not getting out. And hopefully they've got him isolated so he doesn't uh, uh, spread it if, in fact, he has it, which, you know, has been reported uh, by Associated Press and others, but not confirmed or, nor denied by his team and his publicists. So we'll see. And celebrities, if they did get out, you know, it would make huge headlines. And I think that's almost a check mark against them, is that the, the judge doesn't want to be the one uh, being outed as letting someone out who is a celebrity. So there I think the celebrity factor um, – uh, plays against them. Yeah, yeah. You know, Us Magazine should do one of those like celebrities just like us, like as R. Kelly walks out of jail, or not just like us. You know, uh, Harvey Weinstein in the big house. Okay, all right. So we, we got to talk more about what is happening with our justice system. A lot going on outside of court TV, and the question that is on a lot of lawyers' minds is how will the courts start to back up if we don't get them back up and running? We're going to talk about that after this. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front-row seat to justice. Across the country right now, Courts are generally closed, only open for emergencies, arraignments, and this is all being done by video. So trials, backing up, people sitting in jail, rotting away in jail, witnesses can be lost. Vinny, what other problems do you see happening as the courts are backing up? Here, here's what I think might be one of the biggest problems, okay? So here we are in the midst of it, right? So they've shut down. And, and, and Court TV, we focus a lot on jury trials, right? And that's your Sixth Amendment. You have a right to a jury trial, and criminal defendants who are facing life in prison, the death penalty, whatever, generally choose to have a jury hear their case. So when does that start up again, and how does it start up again? At what point are members of the public comfortable going down, sitting in a room with, you know, 150 other strangers, right, all day long, and then sitting in a box with 11 other strangers all day long, and then arguing with 11 strangers in a little room for two, four, three hours, two days, two weeks, whatever it takes to reach a verdict. To me, that's the big question. That's the unknown here. At what point 
Will members of the public be comfortable fulfilling their civic duty of sitting as jurors? And I don't know the answer to that one. I think it could be many, many, many months. And in an effort to clear up the calendars, I know that many jurisdictions have appointed prosecutors to work with defense attorneys uh, to come up with dispositions to get people out of the jails or plead guilty as opposed to waiting for a trial. And then they just get sentenced, you know, get sentenced by video conference uh, or by some other means, Zoom. Skype. Uh, and then they get sent, you know, to prison from jail. So I think that is, is, is a great tool that's being utilized to clear these calendars. But some, some people are just, they're not going to, right. they're not going to plead guilty. And, and I don't know, you know, how many offers are being made for violent felons. Uh, but here's the other, okay, just, you know, as a criminal defense attorney, a lot of what I did was investigating, Right. So myself and the investigators, you're going to crime scenes and some of these crime scenes are scary and not clean. Now, so, when you went to a crime scene, Seema, would you wear like a trench coat? No, I would literally wear like what I'm wearing now, like a trackies, like, you know, like a track okay. suit. I, I, yeah, I, I like picture a, you in like a trench sweats. coat with some some sort of hat and maybe like a magnifying okay, glass but, looking okay. for clues. And you don't think that that would kind of stick out in a crack house? <laughs> I uh, yeah, who's that broad in a trench coat and high heels? No, I would I would wear like track. No, no, and that's that's a different scenario. The trench coat and high heels <laughs> is not the scenario where you're investigating a crime. Okay, all right. There you no. may actually be committing a crime. <laughs> but this is a practical dilemma that I think a lot of lawyers, Absolutely. both prosecutor, both prosecutors and defense attorneys and investigators, is that you can't investigate crime scenes. You can't go anywhere. Uh, there's very, you know, and this is this is so different than so many industries. I mean, even us, you know, we're able to tell stories, do reporting, uh, you know, put together pieces for our viewers and our listeners now through. Uh, remote means. But in the criminal justice system, to investigate crime, you have to be on the ground. You have to be looking and touching and feeling and and being around people. And this is this is this I I don't even know how how you're gonna lose people too. You're gonna physically lose witnesses and God forbid people die. This is a no, this is a huge problem. I don't think we I don't even think we're thinking about all the potential implications exactly. this has. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think all of it, all of it is advantage criminal. Okay, I agree with you. I think I think if I had to pick who's more advantageous on a global scale, it would be the criminals. But think about this. Think about the fact that you have one witness, like your alibi witness, and then they die of coronavirus. Yeah, but let, let's be honest. Most criminal defendants don't have an alibi. Why? What are you talking about? Because like, how they can did you it? make blanket statements? <laughs> I'm not wrong saying with you? I'm not saying suspects. I'm saying criminal defendants, those who've already been indicted. You can't, I cannot believe you're what actually saying these words. What percent really have been wrongfully... This is not law and order where they arrest the first person and, and it's always wrong. Well, well you law know and what? order, is, the first person great... who gets arrested, we know is not guilty. I am on a quest to change your mind, and, I, and the good thing is I get to do it 
on your primetime show because I'm going to be bringing you wrongful conviction cases and I'm going to be convincing you. Actual wrongful convictions or people who say they are wrongfully convicted? Those are different species. I'm going to bring you evidence. Listen, you'll hold my feet to the fire. I'm going to bring you stories and you're going to question them and we're going to talk about it. But this is, but that's a, that's a great, listen, it's, it's a great point, but I think you're right. I think we're not even thinking about all the facets of the criminal justice system and the court system that are being uh, affected by this. I mean, think about it. Court reporters, the court officers are so, you know, I actually, you know, I was a, a DA in the Bronx, a prosecutor in the Bronx and very sad to hear that uh, one of the court officers is in the hospital mm. uh, with coronavirus. So everybody's being affected. It, it, it's bad. It's, it's absolutely uh, horrendous and the impacts are everywhere. But I think at the end of the day, um, when there are delays, when people are missing, when you can't gather all the evidence, I think it's advantage uh, criminal defendants. The only people who are not advantaged right now are burglars. Because you, you're not breaking in. Every house is filled with people now. So you cannot break into a house when people aren't home, so, which is what a burglary okay, is. Okay, so here's my question. Do burglars, are they entitled to the stimulus check? Yeah, probably. Probably, right? They are out of work. <laughs> the, only, the only downside is burglars <laughs> will have to change into home invaders because they'll need a weapon because they're going to have to come across all the people inside the house. Oh, but that hopefully that does not happen. Yeah. Uh, but, okay. but as Seema said, she was talking about uh, you know the stories we're covering now. Um, what we're doing during all of this, we've got a primetime show on Court TV on our national network. From 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. every night, we are live bringing you great uh, true crime stories and uh, uncovering things that are happening in our system of justice. But to watch us, if you have a digital antenna, and you have not rescanned it recently. You're home now. You have time to do it. Rescan it, and then uh, guess what? It's, it's very likely that Court TV will now show up on your um, your menu of options that you have on your digital antenna. Nothing but time to rescan, folks. And also, please be safe. Be smart. We're all in this together. We'll see you on the television, and we'll talk to you next week. Right? Yep. See you later, folks. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.